Hey Google, open Office Shade. We wait. Got it. Opening Office Shade. I recently did a renovation and I wanted to automate two things. One, I wanted to automate all of my curtains. I call them shades in this instance. And I also wanted to be able to control all the air conditioners from a single place. So as part of my research, I installed Somfy blinds, but I didn't have a way to automatically open and close them and control them all through an application, which is what I really wanted. The last thing I wanted to do was to walk all over the house, shutting the curtains every morning, opening the curtains every day. And so I stumbled on this app called Bond App. And at first I was like, a hundred bucks for this thing? There is no way it's going to work but it worked. And in fact, the Bond app has become one of my favorite apps that I use every single day to open and close curtains and to automate them on a particular schedule. And it works every single time. And I liked it so much. I thought, I might see if I can interview the CEO, the guy that founded the app itself and have him talk about how he got started, why he did it, how he sells it, and how he's building a business. So I have Somfy blinds all over my house, right? And yeah. I was looking for a way to automate them, to integrate them into Home Assistant because with a new renovation, I have like 10 different curtains. I want the blinds to go up, I want the blinds to go down, and I don't wanna to have to manually walk around. I could calculate how many hours you've saved me in the last year and the frustration of having to get up and pull curtains left, right and center. Now I can just push a button and all of them can open, all of them close. So tell us how you did it. Like where did it start? How did you, you know, we want to understand the, the how difficult is this to create a solution and how did you identify that there was a problem in the market and then how did you go about developing it? Uh, it's uh, kind of uh, embarrassing, to be honest, because I'm an electrical engineer um, and I'm coming from a strong RF and microwave background, electronic warfare and stuff like that. Uh, a friend of mine who has a fireplace, and I live now in the U.S., originally from Israel, uh, a friend of mine lives in the U.S., and I just come for a brunch and he's like, hey, can you fix that remote control for me? Which is embarrassing because all you do as an engineer is solving like different, multidimensional differential equations and your friend thinks that you're going to fix his remote control. But I did, look, I did take a look at it, a uh, fireplace remote control, and I was shocked to find out, because mostly in Europe and in Israel as well, most of the remote controls are infrared. And this remote control was, did not have an LED. Like, what, what does this thing does? And then I realized it's RF. It has an antenna. And I did some digging. Of course, by the way, I was not able to fix this remote control. <laughs> so uh, he's, by the, till this very day. Um, and, um, but I did some digging, and I discovered it in the U.S., large houses with tons of devices, ceiling fans, fireplaces, multiple of them, motorized shades, garage doors, uh, big houses, all of them are operated by RF remote controls. And at the same time, I've seen the beginning of Alexa and smart home taking real, you know, making real traction. And that's where I was you know, able to connect the dots that there might be a need there. So then you go from your friend's house identifying that there's a need to automate something to actually developing it. What, what do you do? Do you go away, Google search, start doing some research, go, hmm, there's nothing here on the market available that can 
automate all of this, I'm going to build it. Yes. So I did exactly that. Uh, I, at the same time, I owned another business. So, you know, that was like a side job for me just to start exploring. I did uh, Google a lot and looked at some devices that were doing similar stuff. There's a lot of IR blasters out there that will connect mm -hmm. IR control device to Wi-Fi. But, and they're very cheap, and the reviews of them are very, very mixed. Uh, there's few very good ones, like, you know, Sensible. Uh, I'm sure you know about them. these guys mm -hmm. are doing a great job. Uh, but a lot of the other players are just, you know, it's like, it looks like an afterthought. And there were very, very few RF. So we're talking about now sub-gigahertz RF, 433 megahertz, and a, and a lot of other frequencies not controlled by FCC. So the, the first thing that was interesting for me that it's difficult. First of all, it's RF. There's a lot of different frequencies. You do not know what the frequency of the device is. They're not really, they're registered by FCC just by power, not by, um, not, not by protocol. So it looks like a, an interesting problem to solve. And because of the size of the market, there's potential to uh, uh, make a profit there. So I started looking at ceiling fans because ceiling fans has the easiest protocol uh, to communicate with. They don't have rolling codes. Meaning you just re record the RF signal, play it back. It's going to work. And, um, and just bought a bunch of ceiling fans. I had one at home, started playing with them, uh, started with Arduino because I'm, it's true that I'm an engineer. Uh, I don't want to say an old engineer, but not the youngest one. So my programming skills were a little bit rusty. So I, I go back to Arduino. Um, you know, bought some kind of a receiver um, online somewhere in a transmitter and basically made it work with a ceiling fan in my house and realized that, yeah, it's actually not that, you know, the basics are not that complicated. But between that, between controlling and transmitting a signal to, um, to uh, uh, launching a consumer-grade, not to mention DIY product, uh, a completely different story, uh, beyond completely my uh, skill set, of course, and that's why we hired the team, and we, and we have an amazing team. Uh, we have an excellent UX designer. We have excellent engineers. Um, I would be happy to talk about our team uh, uh, specifically, why it, it, it was, uh, the team was able to create a product that people love. If you look at our reviews on Amazon, we have north mm -hmm. of 3,200 3, reviews. Our app reviews are above 4.8 stars. People are just raving about the product and the user experience. And um, I think that tremendous amount of time was invested there, constantly testing, beta testing, and uh, also um, um, a lot uh, to be said about our early adopters. Most of our early adopters, you know, the first days when we launched, um, we were all doing customer support calls, engineers, myself. Uh, and I'm talking to people who just bought the product on Amazon randomly, and the guy tells me, yeah, you know, I, I own a software company with, like, 60 employees. I know what you're going through, and, like, you know, and he's giving us tips, and he's finding bugs for us. So it was, like, it was an amazing experience. You know, people were so supportive. They, they understand they're buying a new product, uh, and they really helped us uh, um, um, through that beginning. So, um and the product went, of course, through a lot of different variations. In the beginning, it was uh, a plug on the wall. We took it to CES. People didn't understand. They said, wait a second, you have to plug it to the wall, uh, and the same plug that the ceiling fan is connected through the wire in the wall. So we understood, it, we understood that even the industrial design aspect of the product initially were confusing. Uh, the, the, the other thing I want to say about that is that it's quite difficult to explain to um, DIY users who are used to buy just an IoT product and just connect it to Wi-Fi, that you need to teach this device how to control your appliance. By connecting yeah. this device to Wi-Fi, downloading the app, everything is connected, great. 
it does nothing. It has no value. You need to intro, use the word introduce or pair it or record a remote control. So we've done a lot of study. We just, uh, you know, picked a lot of people, uh, innocent people, friends and family, and just, you know, videotaped them. See, I said videotaped. I just aged myself. Yeah. But we, we, we videoed them. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, how people operate, if you think about that again, you have to operate the app with one hand, right? Look at the bone, see how it responds with the lights, and then with the other hand, use the remote control to make, make the pairing process. So now it's like, you know, it's like an advanced uh, type of a user. So this is something that took us um, few a years, few years to optimize after we launched. But I think just to summarize that, I think that the key decision uh, one of the major decisions we had to make is like um, we made some promises in the beginning, like a marketing video, like all those startups, and you know this thing is going to control garage doors and it's going to control your fireplaces. And then we, here we have to launch, and there's no chance you can launch with all of those things working well day one. And we made a decision to just launch for ceiling fans and nothing else. And we got some um, disappointed customers that um, um, that were expecting for more. Uh, but we uh, we followed through and we added a lot of functionalities later on through firmware updates and um, and communicating with our users. That's a really good point for anyone launching an app. It's crawl, walk, run. Don't promise everything. Just yeah. go after the small thing that you know you're capable of doing. Learn from it and evolve. Right. Totally. And um, uh, I'm I'm a big uh, fan of focus and you know narrow. We always go. You always say that we love to go narrow and deep. So if you think about what we've done, what we've done for the first three years of the company, once we basically reduces the noise of everything and became ceiling fan fanatics. Ceiling fan is uh, people like it, but it's not a very, you know, sexy industry or interesting device in your home. Um, and uh, we've discovered that in the U.S. alone, 15.15 million ceiling fans sold annually. The install base is huge. Wow. Um, and uh, what what happened by being fanatics about ceiling fans, we discovered that, you know, as always, the devil is in the details. And just connecting a ceiling fan and just making it work with a button in an app is just not enough, even though it's a relatively simple device. And, and, and we discovered that users are very excited and very, I would say, detailed about the functionality of their ceiling fans. They don't want just on-off. They want all their speeds, and they want mm -hmm. reverse, and they want state feedback, and they want to dim the lights. And they want a bunch of things. We were able to answer their needs. And uh, by doing that, uh, most of the brands of the manufacturers of the Cinefan industry adopted our IoT platform. So now uh, most of the smart Cinefan that are being launched by the big brands out there, household names, um, are smart Cinefan with a Wi-Fi chip already inside the Cinefan where you don't need the bone bridge, but using our IoT platform, using the same bone app. So uh, we've, we really um, uh, went deep and narrow, and uh, I, sh I would say from a volume perspective and name of brands, we're dominating the Cinefan industry. So I wanted to come back to the crawl, walk, run scenario, because there's that concept of crossing the chasm, and it's a bowling pin strategy where you you don't knock each pin down before you can hit a strike and go main yep. street. But to do that, when you said Amazon Marketplace, a lot of people see Amazon and they immediately think, oh, huge conglomerate that's just evil. But is that where you got your start? Is that how you got your business? Because back in the old days, it was eBay, right? 
and you would start yeah. out on eBay. But are you can you attribute the success of the business to being on Amazon Marketplace? Uh, definitely has a significant role. And, you know, I can sit here and talk about uh, the pros and cons of Amazon from many different aspects, you know, from a societal yep. perspective, environmental, and also as a seller and a vendor. For example, we are a vendor at uh, in Amazon Australia, but we are a seller at Amazon in the U.S. Different treatment, different functionality, Amazon marketing, it's endless. But mm -hmm. if you think about what Amazon did, a small company can invent a product and reach the masses. It's, uh, if you think about, you know, take it, you know, 15 years backwards, you have to have Best Buy or Home Depot uh, work with you to get to those masses. You know, you talk about eBay, but still the reach that you have and the, and, and the ease that you can set yourself up and promote, even the, the promotion, you do not need uh, Google Ads if you want to promote a product on Amazon. You can yeah. just live within the Amazon ecosystem. So for a small company, crawl before you walk, it's, it's perfect. We were lucky enough that we hit a nerve. Apparently, um, and this is not talking about the actual product, what the Bond Bridge does, the Bond Bridge is a bridge between Wi-Fi and an app, of course, and, and, and everything that comes with connectivity and IoT, to sub-gigahertz RF control appliances in the home, which are uh, ceiling fans, fireplaces, motorized shades, for example. Um, and we started, as I said before, with MVP ceiling fans, and apparently, the two companies who sell the most number of ceiling fans in the world is Home Depot and Lowe's in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And um, before even Olibra, who is the maker of the bond, this is the name of the company, the brand is bond, was even incorporated, we were able to demo the product at Home Depot headquarters in Atlanta. So mm -hmm. uh, I traveled to Home Depot, took a plane from New Jersey with a prototype full of PCBs and wires coming out of it, <laughs> Uh, a ceiling fan in my suitcase, and an Alexa, one of those big old Alexas, yeah. uh, going through security, being stopped, open everything. Uh, Again, they look, yeah. at, they look at all those boards and wire. They don't care. They just swap this Alexa because they don't know what is this, you know, uh, cylinder, big cylinder black thing. I said, it's Alexa. It's like, a, you know, Wi-Fi. I have to explain to the security people at the airport. And I go to uh, Home Depot. What is this big black tube that you're carrying yes, that looks yes, very yes. suspicious? I've had exactly <laughs> the same conversation yeah. with the TSA security. Yeah, but nothing about the ceiling fan in the suitcase, nothing about everything else. You know, the, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, you I go think to Home this Depot. is bad. You should see what's in my suitcase. <laughs> I can control it whenever I want. So, yeah, so uh, it was, was an experience, but I get to Home Depot, and I get a room. I get audience. I get a room with the merchants and the online merchants. I didn't know the difference between, between those different roles and business development people. And like, those guys, like, you know, like five, six people at Home Depot accepted a demo from basically they, what they know about me, that I'm just a guy working from his basement or from a garage. Um, again, the company was not incorporated. I didn't even have a business card. And uh, so I think that, that that's amazing that the company like Home Depot is actually talking to somebody like that. Um, so mm -hmm. we set up the demo. We are in the basement in some kind of a conference room. And, of course, uh, you know, I set it up. I connect everything. Um, starting the demo doesn't work. Uh, oh. So it's like, why it doesn't work? Well, I can tell you. you know, I can just, well, yeah, yeah. So there is Wi-Fi security. And I, 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 my, I just came with a simple demo. And I was like thinking, of course I'm going to have Wi-Fi in Home Depot headquarters. Uh, I was just didn't have the enterprise mindset that a stranger cannot just connect to the Wi-Fi network 
by getting a password. Yeah. So um, I thought, uh, somebody told me, with these guys, you just get one shot. That's it. You're okay. done. You're, you're done. I've got They're the never going to see you again. Playing. I've got the Eminem song playing <laughs> yeah. in your head. You've only got one <laughs> shot. Do not miss your chance to go. So I was like, okay, I blew this up, and uh, I'm just going to continue with Amazon. But um, they said, okay, make it work. Come back. And that's where I knew that, you know, Ceiling Fan will be interesting. You know, how much money are we going to make and whatnot? Doesn't matter. I just knew that it's interesting enough. I was not wrong. 15 million Ceiling Fan sold annually in the U.S. Mm-hmm. times the average life of a Ceiling Fan, which is about 10 years. We're looking at 150 million devices out there, at least, uh, that I can count on that needs to be connected. So now the question is how fast IoT and smart home will catch on. So I showed up again there after a few months, and it did work. And we launched day one, not just on Amazon, which is an amazing thing by itself, but day one we've launched um, with Home Depot, which was amazing. And, they, and these guys did an amazing job promoting the product and later on bundling it. So, so now you can buy, single click, one SKU on Amazon, a non-smart ceiling fan that is basically promoted as a smart ceiling fan just because it's being bundled with the bone bridge. It's a, it's a phenomenal story. It, it really is. I mean, the, going back to what you said about the difficulty of understanding how it works, that, yeah. that was definitely one thing that I, when I first got it, it for anyone who's not seen this thing, it, it just looks like a saucer. It looks like a, a little, little black UFO. It looks like a, hockey, a larger hockey puck. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I pull it out and I'm staring at it and I'm going, how is this thing going to get those things to open and close? And so then I go through the instructions. All right, I've got to toggle this. I've got to do that. And I go, all right. So I end up with like, you know, my Somfy remote. This is my TV remote that I'm holding up for anyone who's listening on, the, on audio only. I'm holding a Samsung, you know, remote control up. But that's basically what the Somfy blind looks like. And I got to pair it somehow. The first time I did it, I failed, but I'll come back to how good the customer service was to actually get it to work. Because actually the point I wanted to make was, when you've got Somfy blinds, you actually have, in my house anyway, I have 12 different blinds controlling 12 different blinds. And each one has a program that allows maybe four different variations. But for some reason, and over on my left shoulder or behind me, I've got a home assistant dashboard and that home assistant dashboard can control the 14 different blinds. What I don't get, how does it know? Because it sits, this little disc just sits in a cupboard next to my Wi-Fi router. I program all the remote controls. I never have to touch the remote controls again, but I still can control it manually with the remote controls. But I can also now open the Bond app on my phone or home assistant click any one of my blinds and over Wi-Fi, somehow it's communicating from the bond to the unit and it's opening it. I don't get why yeah. it wouldn't just open all of them. Um, <laughs> you're laughing because you're like, I know yes, why. Yes, 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 yes. It's a great question. So, um, uh, and again, um, this is the kind of things we've dealt with as we've developed the product. And uh, the nice thing about starting with ceiling fans that it, it's, it's a much simpler device to deal with from a communication protocol. So talking about shades specifically, so we expanded it to shades and also as a company, yes, we're controlling uh, fireplaces, but uh, we focused on ceiling fans and we've, uh, as I said, become a platform for smart ceiling fan out of the box. And now we've decided to focus on shades and we discovered 
that the shade industry is very siloed and the protocols are much more complicated because shades have aspects related to privacy. There's also energy, which is a, a use case, but uh, it's really privacy. Um, so specifically with Somfy, and that's not the case for every type of motorized shade. Somfy is a motor manufacturer who is manufacturing also the, the, the remote controls. Uh, but the shade that you're using was manufactured by a manufacturer who put together a motor with the remote and fabric and everything and then sold it to somebody who installed it for you. Yep. Um, each shade motor has a receiver inside. Uh, if it's a two-way communication uh, a motor, in, which is not the case with Sonfi, it will have a receiver and a transmitter. But the receiver, each one of those motors has a special address. So the same thing that uh, we have, you know, we have IP addresses in, you know, TCP yeah. IP, in, uh, right? So there's a special address, and all of them are listening at the same time, but they're looking at the, the, the bits, the data that comes with the RF communication, and they're looking at the address bits, and they're asking, is this is me? And if it's mm -hmm. not me, I'm just ignoring it. That's basically <laughs> how it's being done. Uh, in the case of Sophie, in addition to that, they also added another layer, uh, which is called rolling code. So... Now, for everybody who wants to geek out about RF communication, uh, and this is just the, the, the tip of the iceberg of RF communication because those are still relatively simple communication protocols, every time you click on your software remote control or the bond bridge is communicating with one of your shades, even though you're communicating with that shade in the morning and then you're communicating with that shade again in the evening, uh, closing it, every time a different signal is being sent. Why? because they want to prevent a man-in-the-middle attack, meaning somebody just listening to that signal, and then coming up later and just retransmitting that signal, exactly the same signal again. In this case, the shade will listen to that signal and say, oh, is that my address? Yes, I should act on it. Ah, wait a second. This secret counter, which is the rolling code, is wrong. It's actually something I've seen before, yesterday. I'm going to ignore that because I only count forward. Now, this is a simplification of that, but that's a layer of security. I, 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 I do not know if security is the right word, but uh, that's a layer of security making sure that you only listen. Basically, there's a pairing between the remote control and the transmitter, and they continuously count forward so they know they're moving together. Uh, this is specifically how it works with the, with the Sonfi shades. Uh, and, and talking about crawling before you walk, that's why we did not want to start with shades, because they're a little bit more demanding from an RF protocol perspective. So when you get to the more complicated ones, because that's fascinating, so you start working on like Somfy, when you get to those, do you have to, can you, did you talk to their engineering team or anything like that to sort of get behind the scenes with the code or are you able to reverse engineer it or just trial and error? Yeah, so um, it depends on the, the protocol and how complicated it is. So when we first started, and, and Sonfi, again, Sonfi is a great company. They, they make great product, but we are an IoT company obsessed with customer support, which we're probably going to talk about later. Yeah, we're going to talk um, about that. So, so, so um, 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 that's why we decided there's a room for us in this market as well to bring a, a superior user experience from all aspects to controlling shades. Um, how we do that? Um, so when we started... Uh, nobody wants to hear from us because every shade manufacturer wants to create a silo of communication protocol and accessories. So you have, as a manufacturer, you won't be able to mix and match different motors. You have to buy their motors because you're using their yeah. controls and they're using their hubs. So, for example, if the dealer who sold you shades 
and you were going to call him and say, hey, I want to add two more shades, he's going to go with Somfy because you already have remote controls, and yep. theoretically you should have had the Somfy hub. Um, so in the case of Somfy, answering your question, um, that, that was in the public domain, the, the how to make the communication. Somebody looked at that protocol, and it's totally fine to look. We're not reversing engineering anyone's product. We're looking at the RF signals. We're understanding the signals when we can understand them, and we are uh, teaching our device to speak the same language uh, and communicate with the device themselves. Uh, so what the happened now... Let me just jump in for one sec. The installer yeah. that installed my blinds was so blown away by your app that he went and bought it the next day and has installed it into his showroom, and now he shows everyone that comes in, this is how you can control some fee blinds. Yeah, yeah that's, great. that's great to hear, and this is why we thought that there is a room, because... People were not happy with the, some of the solutions that were out there. Uh, so we felt, okay, coming after, you know, two and a half, three years, uh, uh, cutting our teeth uh, in, the, in the consumer DIY ceiling fans, we have something that we can bring to the table. So that's great. Yeah. And thanks for the referral, by the way. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you about the customer support, right? And for anyone out there, yeah. the, the amount of apps, the amount of companies that you buy stuff from, whether it's, I have home cameras made by a US company that their customer support drives me absolutely insane. I cannot sync cameras at times. It's the most baffling and confusing thing ever. And that they're not just the only company. There's lots of companies. I won't name them necessarily. It's not always their fault, but lots of companies are like that. So I buy your bridge for $100. I read it on Amazon and I most of the reviews are like, this thing's amazing, it works. Um, in my head, I've worked in IT for long enough to go, this thing isn't going to work. Not for $100, it is not going to solve my problem, but I'm going to give it a go and it's $100 and if it doesn't work, I'll throw it in the bin. And I, um, at that point, I would, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, this is a 50-50 shot. I get it, I open it up, I look at it, it confuses the hell out of me. I go, okay, I follow the videos online and I stuffed up. I didn't get the exact sequence of what I was supposed to do. There was a pairing thing on the back and I was meant to hold that down to make the blind shutter and I didn't know. So I contacted support thinking they ain't going to reply to me. And uh, I said, I can't get this to work. This is just doesn't seem to work. I got a response within an hour saying, have you turned the remote over and have you held the button down and until it toggles and then that's when you'll know it works. Your customer support within an hour responded to me. Yep. Some guy in Australia yeah. that only paid $100 on an Amazon marketplace. Yes, um, we, we have customer support seven days a week, 12 hours, 12 hours a day, not five days a week, nine to five, because we know that people who are using our product usually are at work between nine to five, and they don't set up the product where they are in the office. They're going back home. Ah. Well, today it's a little bit different, but uh, they go back home, and after hours they're doing it. So that's in, that was that, that was des by design intentional. Well, yeah, and, okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah. It's it, you, you've yeah. got to give the. Uh, I can even go back to my email exchange. I'll try and find out who the person was. And I'll send you their details because it's that sort of positive experience that leads me to raving about it to everyone. It led me to want to do a podcast with you because I'm just like, yeah. what an awesome solution. What an awesome company. And I, I still, it's still the best app. Every day at three o'clock, the automated <laughs> blind comes down to block the sun and the curtains come up. For anyone who hasn't got one of these, 
Um, I highly recommend. I, I purchased mine for, for anyone out there. I guess what they go to Amazon to buy them. I went to Amazon in Australia to buy it. It shipped within three or four days. Um, but but obviously, is do you want to share? Like, how do people buy this? Yeah. Product? So they can buy it uh, on Amazon or in the US in Home Depot in Australia. They can buy it on Amazon Australia. Um, it's always also sold in Canada. Um, I prefer that they will buy it from our website. We'll just make a little bit more money. Um, but uh, we're making it available as many, in as many places as possible. Because we are in the shade industry, uh, the shade industry is primarily, um, um, I would say, uh, being retailed by dealers and professional installers. There are, we also have distributors now. Uh, we just launched a distributor yeah. by the name Indigo, and we have an entertainment, entertainment environment and a few distributors in Australia. Uh, yep. So the pro installers can buy it too. So both users and professional installers. Hey Zohar, it's um wonderful to meet you, and thank you for bringing to the world a product that is uh, robust, supported, and solving a real problem, at and 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 uniquely in a home automation and an IoT world, it works. So uh, congratulations on doing that. And um, and thank you on behalf of the automation that you provide to me. Thank you very much for having me and it's a pleasure talking to you.